She's waiting to love you to death. Climax after climax of terror and desire, where the living change places with the dead. The Velvet Vampire! Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we discuss all the movies released by New World Pictures. Some of them are going to be good, some of them are going to be terrible, but all of them are going to be New World. I am Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Mark. (laughs) And also with us is Erica. Climax after climax (laughs) after climax after climax. They were selling something particular in this movie. This movie, of course, that we're going to be talking about in this episode, actually today is a double feature, so get ready for that. This is our first double feature, but not the last of the New World podcast. We're going to be talking about two movies, in particular, 1971's Velvet Vampire, uh, which uh, was directed by Stephanie Rothman. Uh, she had worked for New World Pictures, and uh, and the reason why we're doing this particular episode is because... Uh, at this order, we had other episodes we were going to do. We were going to record a different uh, podcast, but at the New Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, uh, they did a screening of this particular movie, The Velvet Vampire, and Stephanie Rothman herself was there uh, to talk about the movie with Rebecca McKendry of Shockwaves Podcast. Um, friends of the show. They don't know us, but they're friends. I feel like they're friends. I feel like we can say that. I think we can confidently say best friends. <laughs> I think we're the best friends they don't know they already have. Exactly. Um, there you go. But in any case, she talked about this. I didn't get to hear all of the interview because uh, our babysitter was late. So I was in a lift on the way to the theater uh thinking I may not make it at all. But anyway, I did make it for the tail end, but you guys were there for the whole thing. So walk us through a little bit of this movie and the interview with Stephanie Rothman. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to cover here. Um, it, not to say that it wasn't a good interview. Um, she was, I think she was, she talked a little bit about the making movies at the time and what it was like. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that she didn't want to make another exploitation movie uh, like Roger Corman had asked her to do. Uh, and she talked a little bit they asked her what she thought of the reception of the movie and she didn't want to mention it because she didn't know how many people in the audience might have never seen the movie before. Uh-huh. So she didn't want to sway anyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm it, glad she didn't because I, for one, had not seen this movie before going to see it at the New Bev. And I'm kind of glad she didn't say anything because I really went in blind, not knowing anything. So I, I think had you she actually said went it, in with a blindfold on. I did. I blindfold, <laughs> earplugs, I tape over my mouth for some reason. I don't know. It just felt right. Um, that is how you actually watch the movie, which is really, <laughs> yeah, really intense. Had somebody tie me down to the chair. You know, I was just worried. I was worried I would have so many climaxes during the movie that I didn't want to disrupt anyone else's viewing of it. So. Which but, turned out to be true. Yeah, I had climax. <laughs> it, it after did climax. not stop you from having several climaxes. <laughs> Nothing ever does. <laughs> it just puts you in the sensory deprivation zone, which, <laughs> which is pri- ripe for climaxing. Oh. But she was lovely. Oh, um, she was. She honestly. was just so sweet and very soft-spoken, and kind of, um, it was kind of neat. Like, I felt like it kind of set the tone a little bit of, like, she had made this movie and is clearly still very proud of it, Mm -hmm. you know? And once, and and that's why I think when she said, oh, I don't want to say anything about it, I don't want to influence your viewing of it, I kind of really, really respected that because I think most people might take that opportunity to go, oh, you're going to love it, you know, or, oh, it was so shocking, maybe to try to do some kind of 
self-plug or, oh, oh my God, everybody hated it. But you guys love it because you're here. You know, she didn't say anything. And she really kind of let us go in and just make our own opinions of it, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, and she she mentioned uh, that she had worked with her husband uh, Mm -hmm. with Roger in in the early days. I guess he was... He helped start Dimension Pictures? Yes. yes. She and her husband, Charles Swartz, who produces this movie. Yeah. They initially started with... Now, she started... Stephanie Rothman started out. She studied at USC. And because uh, from that, he actually looked around to get an assistant. And uh, she was recommended to become his assistant. He actually chose her, I believe, over uh, the woman who would later become his wife as his assistant. So, uh, awkward. That might have been. Anyway, she became his assistant in 1964, and he got her to direct a movie um, called uh, Bikini World in 1965. And she was so disappointed in the experience that she basically didn't... She wondered if it was a mistake for her to want to become a director. And um, she went into almost semi-retirement until she felt like she wanted to start making movies again. Um, then she came back and she and her husband uh, worked on Student Nurses, which is set off a franchise, one of the New World uh, franchises, which went like five deep of nurses, various nurses movies. The women um, in prison movies like uh, that, that, like we've already talked about. Yeah, well, yeah, well, one of them anyway. But they, <laughs> th- we haven't gotten to Student Nurses yet, but that's one we will get to. Mm-hmm. And then... They basically left a ra- basically after this movie, and they they started started Dimension movies, uh, Dimension Pictures rather. Um, though I don't think they were the founders, but they were like in the beginnings of Dimension Pictures, which would would go on to become sort of a uh, horror, you know, a distributor. Certainly but in the nineties, they were one of the big ones. At that time, she still would make like, and they played this. Um, um, they played the the trailer for this movie that she made with Dimensions, one of the first movies that she made, which I think it was a group marriage. They played yes. the trailer for yes. that. Back when yes. trailers had a lot of titties in them. Yeah. So I couldn't even keep track. The titty count was so high in the trailer, yeah. which I was like, Brian, we have to watch group marriage. Which we, I would have, normally that would be a Ryan's Research Corner thing for us to have done, but it is a it is hard to track down. It's not available to get streaming. There is a Blu-ray available, but we haven't gotten it in time for this. So, mm. uh, But that was a Dimension movie, not a New World movie. Right. Uh, and it was, but sort of like, this sort of hit in this heyday of, there's a lot of movies about like, you know, uh, couples deciding to hook up with other couples right and um also uh sexy vampire movies which yes. this is basically uh, a ripoff of or them sort of uh, saying hey let's get into that uh, let's get into the sexy vampire craze i forget the very first movie that um that sort of set this trend off uh and she didn't she didn't want to really make she didn't want to talk about how the movie did, and she didn't want to sway everyone's opinion, which we already talked about. But the the spoiler alert on that is that Roger Corman didn't like this movie, uh, right? And right. so much so that he bought a sight unseen other movie, yes. to show with it. So the end of this. So let me really quickly say that I think the Vampire Lovers, nineteen seventy, and Daughters of Darkness, which is a Belgian movie, those were like the, the movies that sort of set off like, ooh, we all should be making these sexy potentially lesbian vampire tales so everybody was cashing in on this but roger Can I interrupt corman you right there yeah. uh, uh, that's interesting i'm curious i'm curious to get your thoughts please on if you think vampires could be considered lesbians gay like they're vampires i need to know your thoughts on this so I need to interrupt Ryan's research corner, which is mm. so rude. Uh, it's but not I, even in the corner. I'm not even in the corner, guys. I feel like it's a need to know. Like The corner's coming up. Could it That's really... a tease. That's a tease. <laughs> it's a teaser. That's a tease. Could it be... We're like... going to back you into a corner later on in the podcast. <laughs> Continue, Erica. I mean, you know, that brings up a good point. Like, it's a vampire, right? The, I mean, in theory, they don't really care if it's man, woman... I think that, like, vampires are generally... I think the scarier vampires are ones that are just, like, predatory. So I think, like, on that level, yeah, they could be. But I think it's all on a predatory level. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think Twilight has sort of, like, uh, well, um, I think even muddied t- the waters of, of good vampire stuff and sort of made it be real romantic. I think it's, like... I think Twilight's just 
biting off the shit of Anne Rice and everything she did with the vampire for sure interview for sure. with the vampire and Lestat because yeah. that, those were more erotic than they were horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think to your point, I mean, the question that I have in the context of this movie is, could she have been? maybe just an eccentric art dealer and the movie would have been exactly the same mm-hmm. in other words yeah her being a vampire is the smallest part of yeah. this overall movie yes. yeah it takes a real backseat <laughs> it takes a real backseat to everything she can be out in the daytime she only has to wear a hat mm-hmm. uh she's super into doom buggies mm-hmm. yeah uh, which i mean i guess a vampire could be but that's not necessarily something that comes up in vampire lore uh, she is really in love with her husband that's buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And outside, I mean... She's been alive for a long time. She's been alive a long time. Well, that was something that Stephanie brought up in the interview. Um, if you recall, Ryan probably wouldn't because he might have been walking in at that time. But she um, was asked, like, oh, how did you come up with this, you know location it was so colorful and so beautiful and she kind of laughed and was like oh the desert's colorful and beautiful that's not what oh, i think right. of. yeah i was coming in and uh and her her interviewer said no i mean the house because the house was gorgeous that they shot yeah, it yeah, like, yeah. very colorful her, her outfits were very <clears> colorful <throat> and she did say that was a choice like to have the dune buggy rather than and i think she said to have have the dune buggy rather than like a hearse right which i thought yeah, was yeah. hilarious <laughs> right like right. that's her like oops that's her vampire that's her vampire <laughs> car which is the which, dune buggy the first time we see her uh at the house at the, not in the because it opens with them at an art gallery mm-hmm. and we see her well opens with her killing someone uh in downtown los angeles but uh we see her at the at the a house. A person who was trying to mm-hmm. what's the word? Commit a crime. Mm-hmm. We have uh, forcible penetration. Force an uh, <laughs> unwelcomed forcible unwelcomed, penetration. For, unwelcomed penetration. Yes, that's what was happening. That's what we decided pre pre precast. Because yeah. we're not going to say rape on this podcast. No. Oh, Mark, you did it. Oh, great. Oh, great. Now we're on a list, and not a list of the top podcasts. <laughs> well. I, <laughs> Rebecca McKendry is not going to be on our podcast. Is no, that what you're saying? She will be because we're best pals. We're all best friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's one of their birthdays, which we all know. So we got to sign a card before we. <laughs> so when we first see her, she's riding the dune buggy. Mm-hmm. She catches significant for an actor riding a dune buggy air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have never caught air on in a car. Like she did. And from what I read, she didn't know how to drive a dune buggy or a stick shift and learned for the movie and got so good in the time of shooting this, she caught significant air. I was yeah. like, oh, hey, bravo. Good job. So I, she I love never, that fact. I love learning that. One thing I did Off not the find bro-dum. out. Brodom. <laughs> one thing I did not find out is where exactly this was shot. And let's 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 quickly go through the plot as best we can. And in fact... I think this would be a fun game to f- see what you guys think the plot is mm. of this movie. So I'm going to sure. ask okay. each one of you individually. Erica, what is the plot of Velvet Vampire? It's, I mean, it's climax after climax after <laughs> climax of terror and death. Minus a couple climaxes. <laughs> sure. Minus the terror mm-hmm. with a sprinkle of death. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's fair. Out in the desert. Mm. Of, yeah. Of, Southern California. Mark, what is the plot of Velvet Vampire? Um, a married couple looking for a threesome decides to go to an art gallery that is teeming with vampires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, a public service announcement for everyone listening to this. Don't go to fucking art galleries. They are teeming with vampires. Yes, right. Everyone should know this. They should have known it. Well, they didn't know in the 70s. In the 70s, well, is a more innocent I time. Mean, they didn't was, realize it was yeah. filled with vampires. It's vampires filled. love art. They love art. And, and vampires. Fashion. They love fashion. They love fashion. So they're looking to get a threesome. They go out to the desert for a long weekend and ride dune buggies, visit cemeteries. Uh, uh, get they, they don't get the threesome that they really wanted, but overall have a pretty decent time. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty close. I felt like the movie was about a woman who invited a couple back to her house 
to go through an art history lecture that she had been working on for a long time, but she never got an opportunity to. That, I mean, You're, you to might be honest, be, most of her house is actually, like, has no art in it. There's not a lot of art in her house. Um, there well, is. There's a lot of rooms that they're not allowed in. That's yeah, probably where that's all the true. Art was. That's true. They're not allowed know, in everything. And then she has like a whole side room, which is just uh, you. You only have to go by. You can only bypass it with a curtain, and then mm-hmm. you can go right in. And then you can base. You basically have like a giant half wall to stare into another room. So largely, her house mm-hmm. is just you know a nice room to look in another room, which yeah. in a way is art. If you want to look at it that way. There you go. You're watching other people sleep, live, you know, talk. You know, um, some people might say you're snooping and you're a creep. But, you know. Who would say that? That's because they're not, they're not, they're not. They're not art lovers, clearly. <laughs> that's right. They the can't art appreciate of watching art. a couple sleep. Well. Uh, this is kind of a, it is definitely a weird movie. It's definitely, you could tell that Stephanie Rothman was trying to make a sort of artistic, arty, uh, vampire movie wherein a woman invites a couple apparently this is also the 1970s you meet somebody and have a very brief exchange in an art gallery and she instantly goes hey uh why don't you come into my house out in the desert for the weekend and they're like sure which i was like i that seem that that's different times right yeah. like that doesn't seem like something we would do now. i don't know though as a resident of los angeles is it different times because i feel like i don't know I don't know. I could see that happening today in Los Angeles. I don't know. Or, think... in, or in Joshua Tree, where yeah. this thing was shot. Okay, so it was shot in Joshua Tree. That's yes. what I was wondering. Yeah. If um, you had made it to the interview, you would have heard that. Yeah. Yes, okay. That's what I wondered. Um, I asked earlier, but nobody responded. But it's okay. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, um, in a way, we responded. <laughs> you just re- you took your time. You yeah. just decided to respond later. So she's trying to also seduce. She starts with the husband, starts to seduce him. Yes. Then it all starts to come out into they have these weird dreams. Mm, the they start dream. having the same dream. It's the best. With them out in the desert in a bed. Uh-huh. One of them's getting pulled away. But I felt that you were pushing me. But, uh-huh. uh, you, you know, she's Diane, who is the Velvet Vampires, yes. uh-huh. is yeah. uh, pulling Lee away from the bed where Susan, where everyone is naked, including Lee, mm-hmm. uh, and being pulled away. And this dream keeps reoccurring. And everyone keeps having the same dream, or at least... Uh, uh, Susan and Lee keep having the same dream, but they have mm-hmm. slightly different points of view of how what right. the meaning is of the dream. She's basically yeah. trying to get them to get down uh, in these by greeting them in their dreams. Yeah, and trying to see if she can get them into the idea of boning down before she eats them. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. And plus, it had like. The soundtrack, Mark, if you noticed. Oh, the soundtrack uh, was great. The, yeah, the soundtrack was one of the highlights. Especially those dream sequences, it was like the, uh, the, there's this picking sort of acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. this other weird yeah. humming and like bells. And like it felt like two, they had just taken two, two people had given their soundtracks and they were like, <laughs> oh, well, uh, I thought I asked you. Did I ask both of you? And they were yeah. like, yeah, you asked us both. Like, I, I'll Remember right before together. you invited I'll us just... to come out to the desert right. with you? You said, let's come out come out to my desert house and re- we'll record soundtracks. <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. I mean, in between having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and you driving us out to a cemetery. Why did we keep going out to that cemetery, by the yeah, way? Yeah, they went. They had like three locations. They're like, we have to figure out how to use them a lot. So um, basically, yeah. once they get out, once we've established they're out at this house, mm-hmm. the plot of the movie is wake up, have breakfast... Go ride the dune buggy, go to the desert, come back to the house, have sex, have a bad nightmare, repeat yeah. for three to four days. I actually days. give her credit for, like, if you were already like, come back, come to my desert house. And they're like, you got it. We'll be there. Not a problem. And then you kind of go, let me take my sweet time and enter your dreams and see what it like. They're already in your house. It would take almost no time to just kind of, you know. But I almost wondered then, it made me think, like, do you... Do they have to be, does she have to ask to be invited to the sex? And then, no, it's her house. It's her house. Right. It's her house. But like, then is there some kind of weird vampire lore? Like you have to invite me to have sex and then I will have sex with you. But Lee Lee and Diane have sex. Yeah. (laughs) And Lee has it like almost without any prompting. Right. Yeah, that's true. Very quickly. 
And the then one, has a hilarious exchange, one of the best exchanges in the movie, where he just goes ahead and admits that he did. Yeah. But he basically just goes, okay, fine. I did it. Yeah. I did it. I did it. <laughs> yeah, don't be yeah. a bitch he about gets it. Mad yeah. at and he his gets wife. at her. <laughs> yeah. He gets mad at his wife for making him admit that he cheated on her. Yeah. 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 Just get off my ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> quit riding my balls like Diane did last night. <laughs> God, <laughs> it is, uh, he is he is terrific. By the way, I love that dude. That uh, guy, he's, he, yeah, he was great. You might yeah. remember him from he was in Turner and Hooch, and Rent a Cop. Michael Blodgett uh, is his name. Rent a Cop uh, with Burt Reynolds and Liza Minnelli. He is uh, Meredith Baxter Burney's last husband before she decided uh, that uh, she to be true to herself and her sexuality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, no longer likes dudes. Um, so yeah. she's now with uh, Sherry Miles, who was in 1977's The Pack, with Joe Don Baker, who you might remember as Chief Carlin from Fletch. Oh, I do. Yes, I do. Now, that's the other girl that, that yeah. played uh, his his wife in this. This right? is uh, just for all of our listeners out there. There's some uh, bro-dome volleyball going on right now yeah. where yeah. Ryan and Mark are just kind of sharing thoughts and facts <laughs> We're not that talking they know. to you. you have, <laughs> I'm in, out of in it. In our minds, you have left the room. I am at best. We are in a Velvet Vampire dream <laughs> yeah. where only we are communicating I'm at best a a. Uh, you were just you know, watching us through watcher. the mirror of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm an audience member on this b-ball game, or maybe a d-ball game. <laughs> oh, see what you did there. There see is there? there is a there's a lot of a titty count in this movie, Erica. There is but, a lot of titty count, but it's the same titties. Yeah, it's the it, same. So two. I'll say there's two. Titty count is two. Diane and and uh, well Susan. four Susan? right. <laughs> I mean, if we're counting them individually. I, I count them as pairs. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> Four. Thank yeah. you. I want to stay true to the titty count. You don't, you, you don't buy one tire for a car. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. They do come in pairs. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I'm also going to admit to you guys right now and to all of our listeners that while I do love the titty count, I really have regrets that I didn't call it the titty tally. Mm. We can change that now. Can we? Yeah. Is it too late? I. This is probably episode number eight i think it's not it's not too late for us to kind no, of no. say titty tally titty tally count i think it? you didn't do it because it's hard it's to a say tongue twister, it's, yeah, for it's a tongue twister sure. yeah. for sure but we can always change that yeah it's it, it's a weird movie it's definitely a good stab at trying to be artistic the dream sequences are interesting um she uh but there's some things that she does that uh make me not want to root for her for instance Ooh. let's talk about uh, is this things you <laughs> well, yeah. So we do it. Things we love, things we hate it. All things right. We, love, I mean, we, we, might, hated. we might as well jump in. That was probably the smoothest and most natural. And we interrupted him. Insertion of things we love, things we hated. I had to interrupt it. Yeah. I had to call Jer- it out and make it weird. Good old Jerry Daniels, uh, who plays one, uh, does everything for her. He's basically, uh, I guess, normally when you're like a vampire that has to like sleep in your coffin all day, you have a. A familiar that mm-hmm. sort of walks around, does all your stuff for you during the day. Um, but Diane walked around during the day, during the night. And she she kept uh, long hours. She didn't need to always have that rest. Nevertheless, Juan wait, was there wait, to on. clean up all her messes. So and... what you're saying is you don't have to be a vampire to have a familiar? In other words, can I get a familiar? <laughs> right, right. Is that an option? Right. She also didn't have any fangs, so if I've, you can make somebody believe you're a vampire without got the a, typical trappings of vampiredom. I have a lot of messes that need cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. We're trying to raise our children to sort of be our familiars, but they are not helping us out I've in a done, lot of ways. I, I, not, I've done not that. Working. It's not working. It's not working out. Um, Lost cause. Can we call them a familiar when they're your familiar? Do you, like? Can you just say, hey, familiar? I feel familiar? like we're their familiars. That's the thing. <laughs> I feel like that's how this relationship is working. We're doing all the stuff for them. We're making sure they're okay. They reverse vampire us. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, oh. But eventually, they uh, are sucking our lifeblood out, so and they're slowly killing us. They're definitely us. slowly killing us for sure. Um, but when Juan takes her out to the, he eventually takes her out again to the the, the graveyard so she can visit her husband's grave. She eventually just kind of goes, ugh, I really want, I need a snack. Because I guess she's saying it's, you know, getting harder and harder for her to the urges of eating and everything. But then she kills him. And I'm like, why did she kill him? He didn't do anything. Like, you want to take some shitty couple that 
are clearly looking to bang somebody else anyway. <laughs> like that's fine. Take them out and kill them. That's fine. But but why kill why kill Juan? Like what what did he do? You know. And what it, what is like who was the mechanic? What was his name? Was his name Cliff? I have no idea. I, I, ah, <laughs> the mechanic in town who delivers one of my favorite lines of the whole thing. So here's something I love. Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm just oh, doing wow. my. Oh. Jump in anytime with He's your ticking stuff. Ticking all the boxes. Ticking them all. <laughs> uh, trained people don't give gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because he's a trained mechanic. He's that. the guy's. Lee was trying to get him to fill up his tank because kids back in the 1970s, <laughs> you drove up to a gas station with the expectation that somebody was going to pump your gas for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was not something self serve did. actually didn't exist. Yeah, self serve yeah. wasn't even a thing. So to the to actually be thinking I have to pump my own gas was a serious indignity. And so he's asking some mechanic, hey, why don't you pump my gas? And he says, I'm a trained person. Trained people don't give gas, which I just loved. <laughs> um, but anyway, he goes out to try and fix a car, and he gets eaten. It's like, that guy's just trying to do his trade. He's not a bad person. Well, trained people do get eaten. They- <laughs> so. <laughs> that, you can't stop that. Fair. <laughs> which I think... Uh, do but- they taste better? I- I don't know. He's I would, trained. I would say, you know, even uh, in the end, Lee has his lifeblood sucked out of him. I mean, before other things are sucked out of him. Whoa! Lee oh. is getting drained! <laughs> but it... So, one of the things I love... <laughs> one of the things I loved was when... Susan discovers that Lee is dead in the closet. Oh, yeah. Dead while standing. Yep. It, and we haven't even covered the fact that... Oh, I'll cover things Things I hated. But mm-hmm. um, Wait, is this things, something you loved? This is what I loved. This okay. is things ah. I loved. The thing I loved is... Get on, stay on top of this. This is your bit. When, <laughs> when she screams, they cut to a, a, a shot that backs out to show the room and him falling out of the closet... And as he's falling out of frame, he very obviously puts his hands in front of him to break his fall. Yes. <laughs> yes. So much so that when I when I watch the movie again, now this movie is available for you guys that want to buy. There's it's on a compilation of four different movies. There's a DVD of it of a Roger Roger Corman classics, and they talk to uh, Celeste Yarnall, who plays uh, Diane, and she's interviewed. And while she doesn't have a lot to say, they do comment on the fact that. He, they were like, oh, he did a pretty good job because he kept his arms out for a lot. But it's very clear he puts his arms yeah. in front of him to stop himself. So they did not have anything on the ground that, no. I guess, that could have caught him in this fall. So he had to put his arms out. And it's very clear that he does that. And they, they so much that they have to mention it in the uh, commentary. But you would think that they would say, look, let's shoot that a little differently and have him just fall out of frame instead of this such a long shot where yeah. he's almost to the ground before he's out of Cut frame. Cut it a bit earlier. Yeah, you exactly. Know? But, yeah, it's it's in there. I'd say one of the things I hated, though, which is also in this scene, is for this being a vampire movie, the vampire makeup or the makeup of the injury or the wound is easily junior high drama yeah. club sure. quality. Yeah. It's just some some latex, liquid latex that they just sort of mucked up a little bit and added a couple drops of red. Like you made a vampire movie. It's interesting because the movie actually cost $165,000. All on like, that doom buggy. And and that time is like what where did that money kind of go? Like it, they didn't put it in any like effects. Like no. the in fact, the the final chase scene that they're doing uh, in downtown LA, they didn't get, they didn't pull any permits. They just no. shot that as quickly as they could. Also, if you're a vampire and you're listening, don't go to Olivera Street because that's a street <laughs> in Los An- downtown yes, Los Angeles. Yes. They, you will be attacked yes. by people, religious and imagery, <laughs> and people who are ready. <laughs> they just are sitting, waiting. Yes. Hanging around, going, Just, hey, everyone, grab crosses and run after this person and mm-hmm. let's circle them and destroy them. And they're they, like, sure. Yeah, I'm ready for that. They're Always not ordering anything more than just the chips and salsa so they can jump from a restaurant at any moment <laughs> and surround a vampire. So places that you shouldn't go if you're not a vampire, art galleries. If you are a vampire, don't go to Oliveira Street. I think I could tell you where the money went. Costumes. Because Diane wears some in 
incredible outfits. Yeah, one of the outfits, like when she takes them out to the mine, that she mentions on the on the on the commentary that that was her outfit, including the hat. She yeah. wears like this little like sombrero kind of black sombrero hat and like very stylish little red red uh sweater action she said oh yeah that was all my clothes but the other outfits such as the red i guess velvet dress velvet of course gorgeous um actually the last one on olivera street when she runs out which is that like they literally go grab her cape because there's no other way to describe her outfit because she's She's wearing a cape. She is 100% wearing a gorgeous Liza Minnelli-esque cape. Yeah. Yeah. Where when it is ripped off of her, you then know realize that she's wearing like a dickie and like tap dance shorts and tights. It's it's amazing. There's, but it's there's amazing. Like, it's definitely, it's the, the movie has like six people. So they're not really like, there's not a lot of cast. There's probably not a lot of crew. So I, 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 I'm just, yeah, they would have to pour it into the wardrobe, I guess. Well, and, and they weren't pouring it into permits, so they... <laughs> Speaking of that crew, they said that all the uh, the sex scenes were shot in a very closed Close set, set. Yes. Why? This is going to be shown to anyone who watches the movie. Well, they, they do that for the actors, uh, which is something that, you know, Celeste Arnold talked about as well, that, like, when they actually had the love scenes, quote-unquote... That they um, they wanted to kind of make sure there wasn't too many people and that just to kind of make it a little more sensitive of people like taking their clothes off. She had just had a kid prior to the movie. So she was very oh, wow. subconscious. Wow. wow. So she had only had a few months to kind of lose the weight. She had her first her first and only kid with Shel Silverstein, who was oh. her husband at the time. Wow. No yeah. kidding. No kidding. So um, well, she looked amazing. So. Where did the sidewalk end? Out in the desert. <laughs> but I'm vampire. just saying, if I'm if I know that my meats and cheeses are going to be uh, displayed to anyone who watches this movie in perpetuity, I'm going to be like, fuck it, let's shoot this thing in a in a well, baseball stadium. Here, here's I, I want everyone but to get in on it. Mark is available for all sex shoots. <laughs> Hold on, let me just say, <laughs> if you guys Uh-oh. want Uh-oh. any sex scene shot, <laughs> and you need a dude who just doesn't care. This Which will be podcast, obvious when I take off my clothes. This whole podcast is going to be edited down just to Mark saying that. That's all it is. He's just... just hey, welcome to the New World Podcast. <laughs> Please hire me for your sex scenes. But I'm curious, under your clothes, under your clothes though, do you wear chain mail so that you look better? <laughs> always, always. Um, so that's the thing about it is that she was very subconscious about it. I think uh, uh, Sherry, who's the, the... Sherry Miles, I think she has, you know, takes her clothes off. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but but she's in a bikini for most of it michael blodgett apparently and this is a story that celeste shared on the the director's commentary was still a little conscious subconscious about himself uh revealing himself so in the love scene where in front of her fireplace where it's him and celeste he uh let me make sure i have this right he basically he taped down his junk with uh i think with masking tape that that seems like something you'd regret later. Which again, yeah, it was what the guy asking questions in the commentary was like. That just seems like it would be slightly uncomfortable. And she's like, yes. And she's like, and you know, when uh, gentlemen are in love scenes, you know, things happen. Yeah. And so, <laughs> tape came off. Wow, That's... he ripped the tape off with his boner. I mean. I don't know why you would take masking tape to that's, take down your junk. That is what a I'm saying. horrible wow. idea. If you need some entertainment for your seventh inning stretch at your local baseball game, <laughs> I, I'm available. I don't own any tape. Are you? Oh, I thought you were suggesting, uh, invite me to your baseball game in the seventh inning stretch as you're singing the song. Cut to me. I will have mass take my junk, and I will get a boner and rip it off. Three strikes are out at the old ball. My balls. Check out my balls game. (laughs) Should we talk about our favorite scene? Because we have another movie to talk about. We do. We do. Yeah. I probably have three we do have a research corner real quick to say about the other movie yeah we should rush to that (laughs) (laughs) let's race through it (laughs) which so if you saw this in a double feature back in 1971 which movie played first yeah good question i i have to think velvet vampire now again the what we're talking about is that this movie played with uh scream of the demon lover 
because once they finish Which Velvet sucks. <laughs> when they finish Velvet Vampire, um, Roger Corman said uh, he recalled in an interview. Velvet Vampire did not turn out as well as I had expected. Um, and I felt that it could not stand alone as a top feature. I called a friend of mine in Rome and asked him to find an Italian horror film that had been dubbed uh, into English and that I could buy for no more than $25,000. He found one and I bought it ov over the phone without ever seeing it. I love that he thought that Velvet Vampire wasn't very good, yet he stands <laughs> yeah. strong behind Piranha and Slumber Party Massacre as, like, solid, can stand on their own on, features. On the other side of the coin, though, it's like, I don't know if this is going to be enough as a feature, so let me make sure I buy some movie I don't even know how yeah. it is yeah. and make sure that, oh, hey, here's two shitty movies. Here's the thing, though. Things we love, things we hated. I didn't hate Velvet I Vampire. I didn't either. I didn't either. I don't mean to I say that. Love I actually it. liked I kind of like I mean, you know, but I thought it was ambitious for it's what ambitious. she was trying to do. It's ambitious. Uh there there's something about two also seeing it at the New Beverly which I is mean, like it, it was on. such a, it was so great to watch that. Place that place is great. There it's was great. a lot of great like the audience was enjoying it. Audience was laughing in all the right spots. They were laughing, they she were mentioned, ooing, you know, they were eyeing, they Stephanie were Stephanie Rothman. So many climaxes. So many climaxes. We all climaxed as, climax. as an audience together again and again. But, I mean, uh, so let's quickly get into Scream... Did, uh, we, did we cover our uh, favorite uh, uh, favorite scene? Wait, no, we quickly. Things we hated and favorite scenes, right? Favorite we, scenes. You did didn't say what you loved other than you said you liked the movie. I love the outfits. You love the outfits, okay. Love the costumes, love the dune buggy, love the whole setting of it being in the desert. I actually, I didn't mind that she could walk out in the sun. I kind of loved that, that she was mm -hmm. like this desert vampire. Loved that. Um, I love... I things I hated. God, that's tough. For once, it's tough. I usually hate a lot of things about these movies, but <laughs> I think the only thing I hated... Um, would be just Juan's early death. Yeah. I was super yeah. bummed that he was gone. He was such a f nice, faithful I really, dude. Yeah. yeah, I thought... And then I thought, maybe will he come back? Yeah, I thought I thought losing him was a real bummer. And I thought there was going to be more of a payoff with the husband. Yeah. With, with uh, Diane's dead husband. Because she does get his body out at some point and she lay next to him. She completely So you think, oh, up. I thought maybe he might yeah. enter the picture, but that So I kind of hated that, that there happen. wasn't more yeah. for him. Um, Scream of the Demon... Oh, uh, favorite scenes. Let's do favorite scenes real quick before we get out of this and jump into Scream of the Demon Lover for two minutes. Uh, my favorite scene has been mentioned, and I feel like this could have gone on a lot longer, and that was the chase scene, uh, mm -hmm. where she chases yeah. Uh, yeah. Sherry Miles through the terminal and through all the... Uh, I mean... <laughs> Those amazing like bank yeah. of like tell of like payphones and stuff yeah. like yeah. it looked so good. That was such a great sequence. I wish she could have chased her for a while before she eventually tripped upon all those. But yeah, uh, I get it. But that was my favorite scene. I thought that was really great. Mark, um, I think you know all the I my favorite scenes have to be the the all the scenes uh, at the cemetery. They go into a mine that's right next to the cemetery. Mm -hmm. They go into the mine. And you really get to see how flashlights have improved. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they are substantially better yeah. today. Imagine them going down in there with a couple tack lights. <laughs> it is going to lit that place up. It is shocking how bad flashlights They could have used a couple tack lights just to shoot the movie and turn all the other lights in. We don't even need to bring cords down here. We got tack lights. I have two favorite scenes. Uh, my first favorite scene is the first time that you see Diane watch them and she's in her chair just mm. watching them. And it's my favorite scene because that scene happens over and, <laughs> and over, over yeah. and over. And climaxes again and again. It does. My second favorite scene is when uh, Lee is having a fight and, um, out by, and they're out by the pool. Mm -hmm. and he's like, we're out of here. We're getting out of here. We're leaving now. And he's looking for Diana and he goes, where is that bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, 
that bitch that you just made love to a couple nights ago? Yeah, I know. All of dude. a sudden, what a, what a turn of events. You came out here literally hoping that you were going to yeah. be able to bone her yeah. while you, maybe mm-hmm. your wife just didn't know about it. Yeah. yeah. And that line Lee, did Lee was an amazing character. What yeah. a complete douche. Yeah. Great real, guy. Great. What a real character arc he had. <laughs> um, but the, the audience did crack up at that line as well. I remember oh, people so, from it the was so funny. were, were cracking it, up. Because it was it, so angry out of nowhere. It was so, it was so forced, but you knew that they were all like, that is the way to say it. That's yeah. perfect. You can't go, where is that bitch? <laughs> where is that bitch? So, let's, let's quickly jump into Scream of the Demon Lover, a.k.a. Ivana, a.k.a. Bloodcastle, a.k.a. like so many other titles. This well, it doesn't it has, matter. It has title <clears throat> after title yeah. after title. But ultimately, it's really just... What they lacked just... in climaxes, they made up for in, in, in titles. <laughs> in titles. And it's a Spanish-Italian production. Directed by Jose Luis Marino, who we will not ever see again in the New World Podcast. He's a Spanish director who go on to make a variety of genre, genre stuff. Uh, he also made a bunch of Zorro movies. Um, and it starred Erna Schurer, who is uh, listed as Jennifer Hartley for some reason on this movie. Who starred in a lot of women in prison movies. Because, of course, uh, once kind of, I believe, probably because of uh, the way... Um, Big Dollhouse came out and had a big effect on the industry. Then everybody started making women in prison movies. And she was in uh, Deported Women of the SS Special Section uh, and Riot in a Women's Prison. Those are movies that, uh, again, we won't be talking about, but are interesting uh, films of note. They are movies that exist. And and Giallo's Strip Nude for Your Killer and Your Hands on My Body. Um, and she we don't get we don't get to watch those. She We're... previously worked with Marino in 1969's Battle of the Last Panzer, and then the main lead male lead was Carlos Quincy, who is who is listed as uh, Charles Quinney, who was the guy who played Zorro and would go Charles on to make Zorro in movies. So uh, he was basically Marino's uh, Robert De Niro because they did tons of movies together. That's, this is so much information. You've already told you probably yeah. That I worked script, on this. That, you, I just want credit for harder. working on this. You worked yeah. on that harder than they worked on the script for Scream of the Demon. Yeah. Yep. Ding dong. Here's what's the called. most surprising thing in this movie is that it has actually a lot of really good reviews. Really? I read a lot what? of people's reviews on like Letterboxd and those are robots. Amazon bots. For for one, like the yeah. only way to see this particular movie is to see it on Amazon Prime. I would argue the only way to see it is while you're also looking at your phone. Or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way yes. I watched it. And I, however, if you're watching it on your phone and you bring up YouTube and you watch it on YouTube, then you're like, no, damn it, <laughs> no, I'm watching it on two screens. This sucks. <laughs> um, I think you're probably watching it on YouTube, but. We watched it on Prime, and it does look like shit. It looks like they put a layer of mud <laughs> on the lens, it's so you so you can watch this. It's not a very it's not a good transfer. It does mm-hmm. not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember all of you people that were uh, bitching about the last season of Game of Thrones and how it looks so terrible. Yeah. This looks a lot worse. And yeah, it, yeah they you'll do, beg you, to rewatch. You'll Game be like Thrones. Game of Thrones. That last season was well right. done. <laughs> That's actually how HBO should have uh, marketed the the last season. A lot better than Scream of the Demon Lover. <laughs> Come watch the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm going to again throw it to you both. What is Scream of the Demon Lover about? We'll start with Mark. It is uh, a gothic freeze company. <laughs> Put that on the poster. They need that on the poster. Yeah, I'm telling you. Igor is the Mr. Roper. <laughs> oh man but that's all it is it's just a dude living with women with everyone being like what is he doing with those everybody ladies? in that castle wants to, <laughs> to fuck that dude everybody 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 in the, in the castle wants to fuck that dude and he's like no 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 and no, all, no, no, no no i'm just trying to set my brother up yeah, i'm just <laughs> he's got i'm he's just trying up. to set my brother up and I feel figure bad. out does matter really get destroyed, or does matter become more matter? Uh, Erica, Shit. what is this Skip movie about? Me. No, that, that's uh, it. That's what mm. it's about. Because I can't tell you anything. It's, about, it's about a young biochemist goes and gets a job at a castle. I don't know. We don't know when this is even set, but apparently that's how it works. She got it's some 19, contracts. They say in the mail. 19th century. So we're talking 1800s, right? Really narrowing it down there, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Pick a year. <laughs> yeah. I will say a couple things for the ladies. Number one, it's a lady getting a biochemist, and she's she's very much in the very beginning of the movie going, "Hey, I'm a good I'm good at this. You hired me. I'm gonna do a good job. I don't want to just take uh, money. Like I want to do my job." She also, uh, no one will give her a ride to the castle. This one guy gives her a ride and uh, tries to sexually assault her and do some unwanted penetration. <laughs> okay, maybe the first scene of Velvet Vampire, there was some unwanted penetration. But the rest of the movie is wanted penetration. But in this uh, movie, it, uh, there's a little bit of unwanted. And later on in the movie, um, uh, that same guy who gave her the ride uh, is then tricked into admitting that he did try to uh, force himself on her. And then is arrested. So he's not tricked like, in anything. That guy gives up the yeah, ghost for no reason. They're interviewing him like, so you're telling me that you, we think that you sexually assaulted her and killed her. And he's like, no, I didn't. And they walk away from him and he goes, well, maybe I kissed her. You kissed her? Maybe. He wanted to I, admit this. I mean, but, ultimately, it, if it is a, it's a great training film. If you're in HR and you want an example <laughs> of a really shitty boss, yeah. this is a great movie. Unclear, he has constantly unclear instructions. Like she's told to have at one point, have her research done by the end of the day. She delivers it and he's like, I'll take a look at this later. And she's like, well, wait a minute. You had me work on this all goddamn day. And now you're not even going to look at it. He's like, I will look at it later. <laughs> but then there's shifting priorities all the time. Uh, he, Let's uh, pause this right there. The Count has some unrealistic expectations. Exactly. There's a lack of respect to her privacy. Uh, he's coming right to her room at all hours of the night, which is, even if you're going to live in the same home, that's inappropriate. Uh, and he's cruel to animals. There's so HR violations. He should have been... Animals. What should Ivana he, do? The he, Count is asked to spend some time with her alone. Should she... Should she report him to the local authorities of the town? I think it's a training video, really. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, uh, yeah, ultimately, that whole scene is um, uh, where they do bust the opening driver. The rest of the authorities of that town then end up talking about how are we going to stop this monster from killing people and women around the town. So ultimately, I think this movie is about the bureaucracy of trying to stop a monster in a small 19th century town. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because these people who are doing this investigation uh, are are taking their sweet sweet they time. get together and chit chat about it a lot to the and, point and take zero action you know it's, it makes you think which i'm gonna <laughs> which i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna jump ahead to a thing i loved which i know we're not there yet but one of the things i loved we're, we're this, not there ever <laughs> is, that, is that when they're talking about the case and they're and they're trying to talk about whether they can build a case against the Baron because these women have been killed. They all think the Baron did it. They've all all the women have worked for the Baron, and uh, assume uh, presumably the um, uh, uh, the the DA is trying to say it, but I don't have enough evidence. The DA, whatever whatever he was called back then, the constable. Uh, <laughs> so he turns to the doctor when someone says they were all raped. He turns to the doctor and says, "Well." Let's talk about that. Were they raped? The doctor says um, that they had obviously made love. <laughs> How do you fucking know that? First of all, made love says a lot of things. You don't understand science. And <laughs> I, don't don't question a doctor. You don't know. But you that, don't is, know. that is assuming emotion came into it, too. <laughs> Right, because you made love, okay? Right. <laughs> uh, but I could said, tell this penetration was lovingly done <laughs> through science. Ew. Ew. Uh, so we the, need to get a doctor on to see if that's true. That is, can you decide that <laughs> that they made love? Mm -hmm. uh, but that goes to show how thick the bureaucracy is. Thick. Thick. Uh, yeah, scream for the demon lover. Um, Bought for $25,000 without ever watching it, paired with uh, a movie that he didn't think was very good. I think he bought it just because there's a titty count. A titty count. There is now a I titty count. I can't even say it right anymore. But again, you're at... A titty. I'm going to say it like one of the characters. There was, yes, there was a luxurious titty count. 
<laughs> one of the, the guys in Tiali. Was that the district attorney there that had the, the had constable? That yeah, constable. Yeah. The village constable. Serious <laughs> village constable. Um, I think that this lovemaking was lovingly done. <laughs> it was like serious lovemaking. Also, I mean, the the movie is dubbed, uh, which you know is speaks to the what? Spanish Italian. Okay, I, but no, here's the thing. I, I know the Baron. They think that he might be a demon. Or he has some sort of uh, alter ego, it's like his uh, brother. Because if people right. think his brother's dead. He was burned up, but he's no, not it, but, dead. So his brother's matter, alive. Because matter doesn't die. Matter does not die. Matter becomes other matter, uh, like uh, also, water evaporates, then becomes rain, and turns back into water. This is they cover this very. Was this the ending yeah. speech from Blade Runner? <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing, <laughs> did you slip into that? Yeah. Did you just slide into the ending? The ending Rest in peace, Rucker Howard. <laughs> so let me ask this, though. Is the budget or is the special effects of Scream for the Demon Lover better than the special effects of Velvet Vampire? Yes. Because, I mean, I felt like the burnt hand and the burnt face and all that stuff. The that burnt face. Like Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Look, it's still pretty low budget, no doubt. They lit a bed on fire at the end. Yeah, I thought, wow, that's and they let that burn for a while. Yeah, so yeah. I yes. feel like kind of, and I doubt that movie cost one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. No. It cost. I think they found like basically we're like, look, we have a castle. You can have it for a week. Put a script together. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And you know, that's what I felt that movie was. They just wrote it to the location. Whereas, same time, same thing with Velvet Vampire. We have this house out in Joshua Tree. Put a script together. We have this house, but it also costs us like a hundred thousand dollars to have this house. I think, know? but I think that uh, uh, the Velvet Vampire. She had an idea for a movie. Didn't have the budget for a castle, and one of her friends was like, "Well, just use our summer home out in Joshua Tree." Like. Just, Oof, they go out on Joshua Tree in the summer? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they definitely did. The, they definitely did. The heat didn't. of LA to go out to Joshua Tree to just... <laughs> just just cook their There's nuts. There's nothing like Joshua Tree out in the summer. Mm. This is a Southern California inside joke. <laughs> Look, Angelinos, think about spending uh, June, summer in June and July Tree. in Joshua Tree and then August, September, and October back in Los Angeles. Because yeah. you hate yourself. <laughs> you want to spend the five hottest months of your life. Well, if you stay in Joshua Tree, you'd miss out on fire season. So you got to get true. back in That's time. True. <laughs> That's right. Hope my hope my house is okay. Yeah, hope my, my gotta building's still that. there. But the premise in the end is that he's got a burnt brother. Yep. Who is BB. a sadomasochist BB for short? Burnt brother. That's, that's a shirt. Burnt brother industry. Burnt brother. Burnt brother. Burnt brother. Burnt brother tacos. So yeah. <laughs> add that to our uh, growing list of potential T-shirts. So he's burnt a, brother. So he's a he's a sadomasochist who. Uh, doesn't want his healthy brother to ever show kindness to anyone else. And the minute he does, he kills them. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I'm going to ask you. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, you're no- God. oh, God. Oh, God. No. You guys want me to leave? Do you yep. want me to go behind the <laughs> yeah. mirror? Yeah, get should back I, in the mirror. Get should in step the behind the mirror for You can one? still watch this happen. But oh, you- <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> With her, with her hands in that sort of semi-prayer, yeah, the triangle shape. <laughs> I'm gonna yes. put my cape on and I'm gonna watch it. So, um, <laughs> if I were to burn up in a fire, sure. Would it be cool if I killed everyone that you were nice to? <laughs> right, right. Would you be like, I get it, I get it. I feel like you look like shit. I, feel I get it. There's only one. He only really has one friend outside of the main. Uh, the, you know. Ivana, but that's the lady who takes care of his house, and I'm sure he's trying, probably telling her a lot. Like, you don't get it. Like, he's a nice guy. Like, things have changed when he, once he burned practically to death. Like, things changed a lot for him. But he's like a cool guy. You he's just, still, you don't, and so funny. I like, mean, great personality, super fun. You don't know. Like, sometimes I go down to his lair, and he goes, "Bring me the woman," and I'm like, "Okay." I will, ha, 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 you know, like, he's funny, you know, and then I tie this woman who comes to work for me to a table, and I I whip her, and then... He yeah. was a brother the whole time. Yeah, that's what and let him whip her. So it's funny. It's funny. It's what brothers do. 
So Ryan, fine. Ryan, Ryan, fine. So I think what we've learned is that Ryan would allow you to kill anyone that's been nice to. Okay. Which means I'm safe, but okay. I'm scared for. I'm just married to you. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm gonna live, but I'm scared for. I don't know our mailman. I'm scared for. Possibly your parents. I have never been nice to our mailman. Not oh, one shit. time. Run, <laughs> sir. After I have Put sex in the Put the packages basement. down and get oh, off the God. porch. Your guy's going to murder you. I'm fine, but you're dead meat. After I have sex in a baseball stadium, I'm going to light myself on fire. <laughs> Don't put him out. This is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. So wait a minute. The seventh inning stretch is you putting masking tape on your dick, getting a boner in order to remove all said masking tape, and then having sex all on camera. And then lighting himself on fire. (laughs) So I can kill your mailman. This is a bold seventh inning stretch. I can't imagine after that. Beat that. Beat it. People are watching that going, wow, we still have two more Indians of baseball. (laughs) This is incredible. This is the best game we've ever been to. (laughs) Top this next game. Thank goodness this is the straight A students baseball game and all these children could see this. (laughs) America's pastime. (laughs) I think on that note. We have talked about Scream for the Demon Lover more than... I have to I have to think and I don't know. I've not done the research more than any other podcast. But speaking of Ryan's research to close it out. Here's a little tiny <laughs> bit of Ryan's research corner to end this podcast. Now, for those of you who saw Big Dollhouse or um Ryan's research corner. Ryan's research Time for Ryan's Research Corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you remember, a few episodes ago, we talked about the Big Dollhouse. Now, initially, the script, a script or script ideas were come uh, were, were were figured out by Stephanie Rothman and her husband Charles, because Roger Corman was off shooting a movie. He was shooting Von Richthofen and Brown, and he was in Ireland shooting that movie, and so he wanted to come up with the script. So they had this initial script, and they had ideas. Jack Hill, who eventually had directed the movie said and has said an often perk up everyone that he felt that stephanie rothman they came up with all these ideas in fact on the director's commentary for the movie he talks about how they came up with these ideas that he was not on board for did not like and he thought that stephanie rothman was trying to get his job at the director's chair for this movie so she has come out and talked in an interview uh that she re re she refutes this story by mm. saying fucking a she does hell yeah here's what happened at the beginning of the summer of 1970 before roger corman left for ireland to direct his own film von richtofen and brown this is the true story <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> really dating oh. ourselves oh wow oh man we timed that man perfectly. season two <coughs> go yep. back guys go back and watch season two all right uh, he asked Charles and me to supervise New World Pictures' production activities in his absence. He had purchased James Gordon White's screenplay of The Big Dollhouse and wanted us to get a new screenplay written while he was gone. The three of us, Roger, Charles, and I, discussed some new story ideas that would improve it. Since Jack Hill had bought the script uh, to him, Roger suggested that Charles, the New World's story editor, Francis Dole, and I write a new storyline with Jack from which Jack Jack could write a screenplay. However, he gave us the option of getting another writer if we could not agree with Jack on a new story. When the three of us met with Jack, he rejected all of our story proposals and we concluded collaboration was not possible. We then plotted a new storyline ourselves and with Roger's approval, hired a talented young writer named Don Spencer to write the screenplay. According to Jack, I instigated all of this. I contacted Roger Corman in Ireland and told him to take Jack off the picture because I wanted to direct it. In fact, I never spoke to Roger while he was in Ireland, nor did we ever have such a conversation. But when Roger returned from Ireland, he did ask me if I was interested in directing the big dollhouse, and I told him I would not. While I appreciated his offer, it was not the kind of film I wanted to make. So... It's a, the kind of film I want to watch. Yes, but she did not want to direct that movie. Jack Hill has always maintained that Stephanie Rothman wanted his job. So, 
That is just a little bit of research. Mm. If you had listened to the Big Dollhouse episode, you listened to this. That is the... Uh, I had that loaded up for Big Dollhouse, but I f- thought I would wait until we talked about a movie. So press pause. So press pause on wait this podcast a- and go watch the old, listen to the Big Dollhouse podcast and come back to this podcast. Yeah. Wait a Way right here at the tail pocket. end. <laughs> Way to back pocket that, Doug. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Go, pause the podcast now. Go back and listen to that podcast. Come back and enjoy the last 30 seconds of this podcast. Are you back? You're back? <laughs> Welcome back. Great. Welcome awesome. back. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, we are online at the New World Podcast. On Twitter, we are also on Instagram. Please like us and review us on Apple uh, Podcasts. We are on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we are wherever you can get podcasts. We're outside of your house right now. We are watching you, particularly if you are one of the co-hosts of Shockwaves. We cannot wait for your birthday. We have planned a special party. We are your best friends, so get used to it. Thanks, everybody, for enjoying the New World Podcast. We'll see you next week.